a proud member of the Earglue Media family of podcasts. You're listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a podcast dedicated to helping gamers not suck. Our two-step programs of suck up and get good will help even the worst of gamers just be bad. We review the latest video game titles, cover the latest news, and discuss issues that affect gamers. Here are your hosts of Bad Gamers Anonymous, Bad Gamer Jason, Bad Gamer Joe, and Bad Gamer Crowley. Get good, scrubs. Yes, welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. I am your host, Mr. Crowley. Joining me this week, as he does now every week, it's Jason. Jason, welcome to the show. Hi, good to be here. Great to talk to you again this week. Right? No, it's uh, it's been a long week. I don't know about your week. My week has been long. It has been. It's been a yeah, pretty long week. It's going to be negative 50 here in the next couple of days. Oh, well, that's got to be refreshingly brisk. It's going to be, I think, uh, around 50. A balmy 50. Yeah, maybe so, 60. So there's a 100-degree difference between where you're at <laughs> and where I'm at. Wonderful. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. We're calling it Kakfotaku, and you'll find out why as we go along. Uh, Sunday, January 27th. Um, you'll notice that Joe is absent from the show tonight. Uh, and real quick, uh, we want to send our condolences to him and his family. His grandmother passed away. He can't be with us this week. Joe, you are in our thoughts and our prayers, uh, as is your family during this time. We'll be here when you are able to come back, sir. Yes, sir. Let's just, uh, like, what'd you do this week, Jason? Like, you know. Um, not much. Played a little uh, Soul Calibur Six, which will be Soul Calibur Six. I know. I hate that stupid guy that <laughs> announces the game whenever you start it up. Oh, that's so annoying. Um, one thing I did want to do, Joe told me to give you a hard time this week since he's not going to be here, so I'll go ahead Perfect. and get that out of the way. Yes. Um, I'll do my best Joe impression here, and here it goes. So, Crowley, I do curls because you're old. Okay. All right. Yeah, we got that out of the way. Um, see, when and- I do Joe's, Crowley, you do curls. I do curls because I'm all, oh, I'm Joe. Right. I can't even figure out who does what. Yeah, you go the Dark Knight route with Joe. I, so. He's not the Dark Knight. Don't ever say that again. The Dark Knight was cool. <laughs> Joe is a millennial, sir. None of them are cool. None. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, of course, I do Simpsons tapped out every day. So uh, that's in my gaming repertoire. I'm glad I didn't get into Anthem. Right, yeah, we'll talk about Anthem here in a minute. Uh, I, I, Thanks for asking what I did this week. I played some uh, <laughs> Wordscapes, and I uh, I also played some Soul Calibur 6. Oh, good Lord. Cuck Fotaku, indeed. Yes. Uh, so that's what we've been playing. Although I did play some, uh, some Ace Combat 7 and some Chell. I also played both of those. I guess yeah, I should I'd- be full disclosure. I don't. I don't get into the ice soccer. So, <laughs> ice soccer. Well, we'll be talking about. Uh, we'll be talking about Chell here uh, shortly, just because of Anthem. So, I mean, I suppose we should just jump right into it, right? Like Resident Evil Two, the remake came out. Does anybody care about this? I don't know. I mean, are they just running out of ideas and now they just have to recycle games from like 10, 12 years ago? Is the gaming community? turning into Hollywood already? I think it might be. Hollywood's I mean, been around for how long, though? A hundred years? 
at give least. or take. No, let's it's just actually say, been more than that. Yeah, let's just say 120 years. Sure. So 120 years, Hollywood's been making films, give or take, you know, a decade. And they have just recently run out of ideas. Everything's getting rehashed, rebooted, remade. And now gaming uh, is doing the same thing. The gaming community at large is doing the same thing, even though they've only been around for 40 years. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can consider, you know, home gaming with the Atari 2700 or 2600. That was probably the, the first, you know, mass market home video game that everybody had. So that came out in the late 70s. So, yeah. I suppose you could, yeah, you, I suppose you could make the argument that pinball is also arcading, but I don't, I'm not one of those. Yeah, it's, it's arcading, but it's not home arcading. It's not home video games. Yeah, I wouldn't probably consider that. So we'll just say 40 years, a little, maybe 42, 43, 44, somewhere around there. And they're already rehashing stuff. Resident Evil 2 is a remake. Uh, it, basically, all they did to update this game was, you know, new graphics, and then it's third-person shooter now. Like, over the shoulder. Instead of the kind of, you know, very linear view that you got in the original PlayStation version. I mean, I liked it okay whenever it came out the first time. There's nothing in me that ever wants to replay it. Right? I don't care. I don't I don't want to play this game. I'm glad that people are having fun discovering a game that I played. Like when did this game first come out? 1998. Oh yeah. 1998. So I was 22 years old. So literally 20 years ago. I am glad people are finding a game enjoyable that I played 20 years ago. Yeah. I have no need to play it again. Yeah. Been there done that. I, I don't see it as compelling as needing to be. I mean, and it's been remade for so many different platforms. It's not like it's some it's a new remake uh, that you can't find it or haven't been able to find it in the last 20 years. Hey, uh, at least it's not Resident Evil 4 because that one guy from Kotaku. Right. He wanted be, to get it on the Zebo. Right. He'd be looking for the Zebo version. Oh, good God. What a dumpster fire. <laughs> As long as they don't start remaking the movies, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Mia jo- uh, Jovovich. I do, too. And the she first is, movie uh, was okay. The second movie was all right, but... She's a uh, handsome woman. She is. She is. I think, is that the PC way to say she's just a hot chick? Probably. Because <laughs> she is smoking hot. Yeah, she is. She is a smoke show. I think that's what the kids say. If Joe were here, he'd be like, "It's right, right." But I'm doing curls. But looks will only get you so far, and those movies just get worse and worse every iteration. They get you far enough. <laughs> Speaking of far enough, let's talk about Anthem. God, God, Do I've we have- never. Yeah, look, I've yeah. never seen so much hype for a game in my life. And you would think that EA would be prepared for the hype. I mean, this was... So what what happened was EA released Anthem to beta uh, to a beta audience and pre-orders, and they crushed their servers. Not only did they crush the EA Anthem servers, but they started crushing all the other EA <laughs> multiplayer servers into the ground. All right. So uh, this VIP demo... 
that they've released for all the the beta users and the pre-order people. Like you were so hyped for this game, are you still hyped for it? Like this is not. I am not shocked by any of this. Chell NHL 19 suffered from server issues from the get go, from the start. Not only that, but 2018 NHL suffered from the same issues at the start. This is not. This is not something that is that is solely. Uh, relegated to Anthem. This is EA as a whole. Yeah. This is Bioware as a whole. Anybody remember when Star Wars The Old Republic launched? Bioware screwed that launch up too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. It was like not this, fun. No, you were waiting in servers forever. It's like they weren't prepared. I've talked about this before. Like when somebody pre-orders a game, there should be a system on the back end that tells the developer and the publisher and and the console that hey, here's a tick. So this is one person who's pre-ordered this game. Get your servers ready. And the more ticks you get, the more you should be like, oh, we should probably maybe I don't know prep our servers a little bit. Yeah, and it's dumb because now in this day and age, with uh, virtualized distributed systems, you can expand and contract you know, servers like this on a whim. I mean, you start you start getting some server overload and then you just, you know, build more virtual servers. I can't remember. Um, I don't think it was Destiny. It was Titanfall. Titanfall did that Titanfall. exact same thing. Yep. So Titanfall, whenever it came out, it had, a, you know, an expandable server base. So once, um, and this was something that Microsoft touted as, as part of being able to uh, develop on their platform, was you're only using the amount of server space that you, that you need at the time. So if uh, your player base goes down, then your your server count shrinks. And once a uh, once a uh, peak server time hits, you know we're expanding your servers for you. So why so Titanfall EA? never needed to expand their servers? No, I mean it, it expanded <laughs> dynamically. No, it didn't. Nobody played that game. Well, so <laughs> I did. <laughs> why? It well, was did. It was an okay game. It uh, wasn't great, but it was okay. And this was back in the very nascent days of the Xbox One, so uh, it was it was one of the the first titles on that platform. Uh, well, but that EA just goes to show. <laughs> yeah, EA should have been able to figure this out. I mean, EA has been in this game for a long, long time. The fact that they can't figure out, you know, what their server usage or predicted server usage is going to be and, you know, match that or be able to expand if, uh, you know, their servers start overloading is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, this is supposed to be like the title this year for EA. This is supposed to be the one that that everyone's going to love, that BioWare is it's going to bring people back into BioWare and, and, and put them back in everyone's good graces. And so far... <laughs> like I said, I'd never buy another EA game, and I think I may be on to something. Uh, in a blog post, BioWare's head of live service, Chad Robertson, uh, said that the issue denied that the issues were caused by BioWare underplanning for server capacity. <laughs> <laughs> right. And just like uh, whenever the Anthem servers started going down, their server status page, or server status page, wow, that's actually pretty hard to say. Server status page was saying everything's okay. Everything's fine. All the servers are up. 
and yeah. nobody can get on. So <laughs> Right. So this is from an article uh, in PC, uh, PCGamer.com by Samuel Horty. I'll link it to the uh, in the show notes. But basically, this guy says, Chad Robertson says that the problems were caused by, quote, a spike in players entering the game, end quote. That sounds like a server issue. Yeah. Like, that sounds like being underprepared for the overwhelming number of people that came into your game. Well, I mean, uh, were they not expecting a spike of users? I mean, they had zero users. They opened up the Anthem <laughs> servers, and then they started getting users. That would game be a spike. Game is an absolute spike. shot. Like, gaming developers and publishers, they always they crack me up because, well, this game's going to be so great, and everybody should go buy it, and they'll get on that hype train, and then they go to release the game, and we were shocked by the amount of people yeah. that wanted to play this game. Really? Really? Yeah. No, oh it's it's stupid. EA is dumb. <laughs> EA is dumb. And I would invite all of you not to buy this game. I know Joe really, 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 really wants us to review this game. And I may put my foot down as producer and go, nope, absolutely not. You want to play it and talk about it on the show? Go for it. But I'm going to make fun of it the whole time. I don't care how cool it is when you have issues like this from the, in a demo. Guess what? They're not going to get solved come launch day. Crowley ain't buying another EA game. EA can suck it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go so far as to say I'll never buy another EA game, but I will probably not buy this one. <laughs> okay. I suppose that's fair. Well, I mean, so if if we decide to review it and, you know, then I will go ahead and get it. But barring that, yeah, I have no plans on getting Anthem. So the title of this 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 podcast episode is Kakfotaku. I got to be real careful <laughs> yeah, how do. I pronounce that. <laughs> Kakfotaku. And here's just an example. Now, when I say this, it's not. It's a dig at Kotaku for sure, because Kotaku sucks, and my hatred for Kotaku is known across the land. It's known far and wide. But it's more. It's also a dig at gaming journalism as a whole. And there are a couple of things we're going to talk about tonight, and this this is going to start the ball rolling. It's just, I can't even with some people. Like, everything is stupid. So apparently Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a game which, meh, meh, was all right. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't good. One bad. It's an yeah. Assassin's Creed game. I haven't played like, it. Yeah, I like, don't like. I guess they're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but you know. Anyway, they down. They had a DLC, and it was controversial. Controversial. Why was it controversial? You ask. Because at the end of the episode, your character has a child from a heterosexual relationship. That's controversial. Because because thousands and thousands of years of biology has suddenly become controversial. I don't think it was necessarily controversial because of that. I think what Those happened who had was... Spit, this is from... I'm going to... Look, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do. Sure. This is from, <laughs> this is from an article from GameSpot by someone named Steve Watts. Again, I'll link this in the show notes, but I'm going to quote from it here. Those who had spent hours playing Cassandra or Alexios as LGBTQ or simply not interested in relationships at all felt forced into a plot development. What? 
no. So it's the story. You're playing a story. You are playing a story that somebody else wrote. But it's not like you get to play these people for real. You can't. Oh, this drives me nuts. Okay, because but. this is a small minority. This is a small minority of gamers that made such a stink because LGBTQXYZ, LMNOP, I don't give a you know what, decided that that wasn't good enough because I want to be lesbian or I want to be gay or I don't want to have a kid. And so now all of a sudden they throw this stink up and they're louder than everybody else except me. <laughs> and they get what they want because now. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is going back and rewriting it and saying, okay, you don't want to do that. We'll give you some choices. Well, this so is crap of the highest order. Ubisoft in this game allowed players to role play their character. And when you allow your characters to, you know, do what they will and role play as a, a gay or lesbian character and then go on to force that character to do something opposite of what the player was role-playing as in a DLC, I mean, that's that's jarring. That that kind of throws you out of the immersion of the game, right? No, so I can see that on one hand. I can see them, you know, being upset that, hey, I was role-playing this character one way, you're forcing me to do it another through the story. Um, I'm kind of upset, and I'm going to, you know, tell you that I think what you're doing is stupid. I can see that. Now, on the other hand... There was a, a quote in here that said, you know, we think that uh, them changing this is a, a, an important first step toward mitigating the damage done by the game's latest DLC. What damage? What damage I'm was not sure done? what damage was done. I mean, I can understand people being upset. I don't know if there was necessarily damage done here. Um, it may have thrown, you know, a bad taste in the mouth of some players. And maybe this is, you know bad PR for Ubisoft and they're going back and correcting it, which is fine. That's their prerogative. I don't know what damage is done. So that, that seems kind of extreme to me. This is stupid. And everything is stupid. This is, oh, I can't even, I can't even right now, Jason, I just can't look. <laughs> I have no problem with, with LGBTQ. You want to be whatever you want to be. I don't care. It's your bedroom. Do what you want. It's your life. Do what you want. I don't care. It doesn't bother me, whatever. But when you start changing things because of it, and you're starting to force everyone else to change because of it, I kind of have a problem with it. Well, they're not forcing everybody else here's to the change. Th no, they did. They forced Ubisoft into a corner. And here's, here's the statement from Ubisoft. We want to extend an apology to players disappointed by a relationship your character partakes in. Alexios, Cassandra realizing their own mortality and the sacrifice Leonidas and Marin made before them to keep their legacy alive felt the desire and duty to preserve their important lineage. Our goal was to let players choose between a utilitarian view of ensuring your bloodline lived on or forming a romantic relationship. We attempted to distinguish between the two, but could not have done this more. But we, but could have done this more carefully, as we were walking a narrow line between roleplay choices and story. And the clarity and motivation for this decision was poorly executed. No, it wasn't. It wasn't poorly executed. It was a story decision. It made sense in the story, and now they're being forced to change their story because of a minority, because of a small few. Because of a minority that is very vocal. It's I don't know that dumb. they're having to change the story. I think they're probably changing how the events unfold in the story. Man, this it's stuff like this that gets me. 
because there's no journalism on the other side of this. There's no journalism that's 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 coming at it from my point of view of why does it have to change? You didn't like the story. If I had a nickel well, it, it for every time I didn't like a story, I'd be rich. It episode, doesn't have to change. Eight, be, Nobody is rich. forcing Ubisoft to do this. There's no but law forcing. But well, so that's their prerogative. That's their choice. That's a business decision that they've made. Because of this vocal minority. If this vocal minority wasn't so vocal, they wouldn't do it. So because you're saying the they thing. should just shut up and take it? Yes, absolutely. They should shut up and take it because they're not being oppressed. There, there were no damages by your own assessment. They're not being marginalized. This was the story. This was the story that the writers came up with. But what's here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is like this is like the lady who who writes uh, Harry Potter. Uh huh. Going back and retconning a character is something else, which she has done. It's stupid. It was her story. She should have just left it alone. Now she can go back and do whatever she wants. It's her story. Just like you say, they can go back and do whatever they want, but they would not have done this had there not been any outrage, even from this minority. They wouldn't have done it because it doesn't like, it doesn't matter. They weren't, they, they weren't oppressing anybody. They weren't maligning anybody. They weren't, uh, they weren't, uh, marginalizing anybody. It was a story decision. It was a story choice that they made. And some people, and people decided, didn't like it. And yeah, people didn't like it. They told Ubisoft. So Ubisoft agreed with them and said, we'll change it. Ubisoft did this for publicity reasons. Ubisoft did this because Ubisoft is diverse and they want to keep that diversity. They don't want to make anybody angry. Look. So what you should do is you should like write show, Ubisoft. Wait, 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 wait. No, here's the thing. <laughs> if somebody doesn't like this show, Jason, and they write me and they tell me you need to change. Mm-hmm. Should I change? That's up to you. Do you agree? What if, let's just I mean, say that, that 10%, 10% of our downloads write me and say, Crowley, you need to change. Well, I mean, it depends on what they're asking you to change. Are you going to look at it objectively or are you just no. going to say, well, I'm going to look at it subjectively. Absolutely. Are I'm you going to make money? Gonna, here. What do I care? But are you going to listen to their argument and say, hey, no. yeah, maybe no. I was wrong on that? No, no, I won't. At 42, almost 43, I'll be 43 next weekend. Uh, 43 years old, my worldview is pretty set. Uh-huh. And I and I have I have convictions that I can back up my worldview with. I have uh, uh, facts. I have uh, anecdotal evidence. And I have 43 years of experience helped shape my worldview. It's not going to change and nobody's going to change it. Look, you can either like this show or you don't like this show. I don't care. Like, you're not, it doesn't bother me. Like, if I offend you, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I just, I just don't. Because words are, it, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. I just, well, I, it doesn't matter. This and, is, this and, was a choice they made for no reason other than to appease a vocal minority. And that's their prerogative. It's their f- business. And if they want to do that, then, I mean, what are you going to do? It's you can't stop them. I guess you could write them in or write into them and say, "Hey, I don't like what you did. Change the story back." I and then like if they, what they agree did with, with you, the whole thing to begin with. <laughs> and then if I they didn't agree like with you, they'll change it back. But I didn't like a sense. Should I write in every time I don't like something? Do I need to make that opinion known? You do it here. Yeah, but not for everything I don't like. Just the things we talk about <laughs> that I don't like. I mean, look. 
There's not everything. Let me just let you know a little secret. There's a whole lot more out there that I don't like. And I just keep to myself. I think that would be a full time job if you had to write into every everything that you didn't like. I think, and uh, it would be a full time job for most of these folks too, is what I'm saying. <laughs> they wrote in for no reason other than I don't even know what. There were no damages. They weren't oppressed. They weren't maligned. Nobody like the story didn't do anything malicious to an LGBTQ character. They chose to role play it as an LGBTQ character, and they didn't like the direction that the story went. And they wrote well, in if I, and made a I'm compelling start argument. And it Ubisoft wasn't a compelling argument. I'm telling well, you, it wasn't compelling. It wasn't compelling to you because you have this set idea on everything, and you're an immovable object. But there are more things in heaven and earth, Crowley, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. No, there is not. There is not. Uh, Facebook sucks too while we're on things that sucks. <laughs> Facebook is terrible. I got full disclosure, I got rid of my Facebook uh account last year. So I, I have no idea what's going on in Facebook land. Yeah. Apparently though, they 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 have knowingly been defrauding children and their families on their online games. Yeah, I haven't been on Facebook in a couple of years, and the only reason I was on Facebook back then was because of some of my kids' school functions that I had to be informed on, and they were all Facebook exclusive, so it sucked. But yeah, Facebook is terrible. Um, they they basically were you know taking money from kids that were you know using their parents' credit cards without their permission, and uh, they had a way to identify when uh, when a kid was doing that, and they knew it was a kid because of the the children's profiles. But they didn't do anything about it, and this is uh, this is a problem. Whenever a company prioritizes profit over everything else, they're leaving themselves open for a world of hurt. And now they're being sued, and the plaintiffs have a really good case. And Facebook is probably pretty screwed. I would imagine Facebook is probably not going to last through twenty twenty. That's my personal i don't think like it would take a massive change on facebook's part to get back the trust that they've lost yeah i don't know there's just a bunch of people on facebook that spout stupid stuff and just aren't willing to give it up i don't i don't i don't think facebook book is going to go away in the next couple of years uh, it might lose some membership over this but people have really short memories and they tolerate a, a bunch of stupid. Yeah, I'll link the uh, this is an article in Polygon by a gentleman by the name of Charlie Hall. Yes, I just assumed his gender come at me. Uh, he uh, he writes about this. And apparently these are unsealed documents that show Facebook knowingly like was just letting kids go nuts and charging oh, no. their families. Yeah, this is ridiculous. There's several causes of action in the in the uh, the filing. So the first is avoid or avoidable contract with a minor. Uh, there's unjust enrichment from violation of California's unjust competition law and Federal uh, Electronic Funds Transfer Act. Uh, there's the unauthorized electronic fund transfers under the Federal Electronic Funds Transfer Act, and the plaintiffs are seeking refunds, interest, damages, and attorney fees. So uh, Facebook, and this is a class action, so there's more than just the initial plaintiffs involved. It's everybody who was affected by this, which is 
probably a lot of people because I'm sure there's tons of kids out there that went and took their parents' credit cards and, and bought a bunch of stuff on games and then Facebook refused to refund them. So, yeah, they're uh, they're not in a good situation. No, they're really not. Uh, not good situations like what the L.A. Rams are in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Tecmo Bowl is uh, one of those predictor i they're they're trying to predict the super bowl with tecma bowl which i loved back in you know the early 90s late 80s early 90s back when it was on the nest um i'm not sure if this is a great predictor of the super bowl i mean I, I i've seen chickens that have pretty good super bowl prediction rates and but i couldn't find the the prediction rate on this yeah, I don't know if there is a prediction rate, but it's kind of fun to hope uh, that the L.A. Rams do beat the uh, Patriots because that's what it predicted. Let us pray to the Tecmo gods <laughs> that this is what happens. However, according to the uh, article uh, in Polygon, again, I'll link the uh, I'll link it here uh, in the show notes uh, that there's no way to, like, kill the clock. There's the clock runs way fast. It's not a true simulation of a game like a Madden type game would be. So how accurate is this? I don't know. Do I care? No. Do I hope it's true? Absolutely. I think, uh, I think Mike is also hoping that this is, uh, this is true too. Yes, in fact, uh, Lord Emperor and CEO Mike Rondo hates the Patriots I, if, more than anything else. In fact, whenever I read the article, I thought Mike had actually written it because of the first line in the article and the vitriol that just drips from the page against the New England Patriots. <laughs> I can't read it. I wish I could read this. I'll link it in the uh, in the show notes. You should read, like he said, like Jason said, the first line of the article because it is dripping with hatred, oh, seeping man. with vitriol. Like This is just a sore loser run amok. <laughs> yeah, it's he is he is not a Patriots fan. No, 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 he is not. However, fans of the uh, game Fortnite are disappointed to learn that they were not the most talked about game on Twitter in 2018. Yeah, you want to guess what was without looking at the article? Like, if I would have said, "Hey, Jason, guess guess who it was," I would, would I would you've... never have guessed. I, I've I never even, even heard of the game. game. Yeah. No, uh, it came in second uh, to a game called Fate Grand Order. Never heard of it. Yeah, neither have I. And I, I kind of question the whole methodology of this stupid Twitter thing that they did because Super Smash Bros. is on this list at number eight, but the the search that they used was at Nintendo of America, which could have you know counted any number of titles that were on the Switch or any other NES platform. Uh, yeah, this GameSpot uh, article by Jordan uh, Ramey. I don't know if I slaughtered that. I apologize, Jordan. Uh, this uh, It says that the, the Fortnite tag that was used to track was at Fortnite game instead of just Fortnite. Right. So that, so, that might have boosted it as well. Yeah, I don't know. Like, can't they just track it like a normal person? Use some common sense, Twitter. You're the next Facebook. You're going down soon, too. Trust me. Yeah, Twitter was in trouble not too long ago, too. Um, yeah, but I don't think they were in trouble for games. They're just in trouble for suspending everybody for no reason. Well, yeah, that and 
several years ago, they had no way to monetize what they were doing. So Twitter is uh, something that I, I normally don't do very much, but uh, I kind of kind of have to sometimes. So, yeah. I Yeah, I do it just to pimp the show. Pretty much. Yep. That's that's it. Oh, it's just pimp the show, man. It's just just pimp it. Pimp it real good. Uh speaking of pimping, Nintendo is pimping Metroid. Can I say that? Isn't Metroid chick isn't she a woman? That's yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> it might not be appropriate, no. Is somebody gonna write in and tell me I should stop? I hope you do. Yeah, but you're not gonna change. Bad gamer podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and email me. Let me know. <laughs> She didn't like it. I don't care. Uh, the Metroid Prime Four is back on the table. Does yeah. anybody care? Personally, no. But uh, Metroid's a pretty popular game. Uh, I guess they had some problems with uh, their first developer, and they don't name the developer in the the original developer in the article. From what I can glean, it was Bandai Namco. They were developing Metroid Prime Four. Metroid Prime 4 dodged a bullet there. Like the gameplay probably would have been decent, but the voice acting in the story would yeah, have probably been crap. They would have probably been awful. So yeah, this uh, this actually goes back to the uh the development house that developed the first Metroid Prime games, the first 3. Uh it goes to Retro Retro Studios. Good. <laughs> I just <laughs> whatever. I don't care. Yeah, you you've got to be doing an awful job for the for Nintendo to say, "Now, we're just going to we're going to send it back over to this development house and they're just going to start from square one. They're not going to take any of the stuff that you've already done. Uh they're just going to do it over." Well, I can tell you this, Kotaku needs to do over for this next article we're going to talk about, <laughs> which was written by the f- infamous Gita Jackson. <laughs> I love it when you say that name. (laughs) (laughs) She wrote an article. Yeah, I'm assuming assuming her gender. Come at me, Kotaku. uh, Called, there are so many PC games to play, I can't choose one to start. This is an actual article on an actual game journalism site. Yep. This This is the height of journalism. (laughs) <laughs> pretty much uh this uh this is basically a microcosm of all journalism right now as far as i'm like so who just got laid off a bunch of people at, at buzzfeed a bunch of people at huffpo just got laid off uh and I, man like i don't ever wish anybody to to lose their job but i don't mind if they lose a blog post and this my friends is what a blog post is this is not journalisming at all. This is blogging. The uh, this this article by Gita Jackson <laughs> details her journey from a small apartment in New York and not having enough space for a computer desk to finally breaking down and buying a computer desk so that she doesn't have to crane her neck while using a mouse and keyboard while playing PC games. And now that she has finally put this desk, this monstrosity of technology in her tiny apartment, that makes it very difficult for Gita Jackson to get into her bedroom. She now can't decide what game to play. And that is somehow an article on a journalism site. 
Yeah, and she's got some really good games to play. I mean, she's got Dragon Age Origins. She's got Divinity Original Sin 2, which is excellent. She's got Crusader Kings 2. She's got Battletech. She's got RimWorld. She can't decide, and so she says, I think I'll just go to The Sims. Now, Kotaku gets away with this by putting this under the Kotaku Game Diary section. Because everyone gives a crap what their freaking journalists are playing. If we gave a crap, we'd read their crappy reviews. But we don't. We don't. So they don't get clicks. You know what would be nice is if some of those laid off journalists from like HuffPo and, and BuzzFeed actually went to go write for our Kotaku. Why? They were terrible as those writers. Why would they be any different for gaming? Well, they can't be as bad as writers for Kotaku. I don't know. I think Gita Jackson has a future at HuffPo. <laughs> Maybe when Jim Acosta retires, Gita Jackson can take his spot in the White House press corps. I'm just going to get a recording of you saying Gita Jackson. (laughs) Good Lord. So a few months ago, we talked about how Kotaku had a huge problem with Soul Calibur 6. And I had promised everyone that I would be buying Soul Calibur 6. Just to spite Kotaku. And I have done so. And you drug me down with you. And I made Jason play it too. (laughs) And now we're going to review it. And when I give you my final score, I hope you understand why. So we're going to do this like we do every other game review. We're going to start with story. Jason... What did you think of the story of uh, Soul Calibur Six? Well, when I finally found it, it was <laughs> uh, it was okay. I mean, it was it wasn't great. It it was pretty shallow. I don't. I mean, yeah, I had to make sure it wasn't made by Banco Namkai, <laughs> Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco, whatever they're called. I don't even know. I think that directly translates into terrible game. Well, uh, you're in luck because it is made by Bandai Namco. <laughs> what? Is it really? Yes. Holy crap! I should have looked that up before in this podcast, but I decided not to because the game... I, uh, yeah, right on the cover, Bandai Namco. I don't look at the cover. <laughs> Looks at the cover of these things. I pop it in and I play it. No, it's... So, yeah, it, it this was, makes sense now. It was because confusing it, the, because <laughs> I I started out... the The first thing on the menu... It says missions. So I started out there. Yep. Um, you create a character and you start on this this long epic story. Um, it plays the the nice little uh, cutscene telling you about how the Soul Blade was created, uh, how it corrupted Cervantes, and then later Siegfried. And then you start out on your missions. You've got this this level one uh, fighter. I went with the shapeshifter because I thought maybe I would get to you know mimic whoever I was fighting or or choose different bodies or <laughs> right. whatever. But no, I'm just a fighter in a gimp suit. Um, <laughs> so I start through on these missions, and it's all text based. There is no voice anywhere on here. There's some sound effects. But everything is just text-based. And the the writing on these missions is so awful. It's like they took four different people. They gave them a general basis for a story. 
and said, okay, go, go fill in all the details. Just write up this story. And then they took random lines from what all four of the people wrote and stuck it into one script. So there's no flow. There's no coherent story anywhere in any of these missions. I stopped reading it. I just press X as fast as I can to go through. And occasionally you have to make a decision or a choice. And so I just, I choose, you know, whatever is the blue. And then I, I move on because <laughs> I don't care at this point. I just want to go through the missions. And you were talking about story in the show notes. And I was like, well, there's no story here. And then you started talking about voice acting. I have, I was like, I've barely heard any voice acting. And so then I looked at the menu again. And the second menu item <laughs> is the story mode. And I'm like, oh, there is a story mode. So I, I, I'm about an hour or so into the story mode, which is about halfway through the uh, the main storyline. Uh, the voice acting is pretty pretty awful. Um, yep, it reminded me very much of Ace Combat 7. And now you know why. <laughs> and now I know why. That's right. Although I will say that the, uh, the narrator of the story sounds a lot like the narrator from the Baldur's Gate series. Yeah, I never played that. So I saw the same thing you did. It tried to start me off on the mission. And I'm like, okay, I'll create a character and I'll get into that in here in a minute. Uh, uh, but I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to do it. Like, is this the story? So I went back to this, to the, uh, main screen there and it says main story. I like, oh no, I want to do that. It takes two hours to get through this story. It's boring as all get out. <laughs> Basically it follows Killick and his not, like, I don't even remember her name cause I just don't care. Uh, and she was like this character that I didn't care about throughout the whole series. I don't even know if she's been in the whole series, but apparently like he's got a thing for her, but I, I don't know. Like Maxie was like, you have a thing for him. And she's like, no, I don't. anyway, I, I, that's about as much as I gleaned from the story. Cause I didn't care. And then I beat it and I was just pressing X to get through it <laughs> circle or whatever. Yeah. It's terrible. It's just a terrible throwaway story. Like I remember, and again, this just may be, you know, looking through rose-colored glasses, but I remember there being a little bit of substance to the story. Cervantes was always, you know, I liked Cervantes. Yeah, Cervantes now was cool. Yeah, now they've made him out to be kind of like, I don't know, he's not really that big of a deal, but Siegfried, oh, geez, Siegfried, he went nuts and he's got the sword. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, so I remember playing the original Soul Calibur on the PlayStation and Soul Calibur 2 uh, later on, and Cervantes was the man. I mean, if you played, nobody, we had a rule that you couldn't play as Cervantes in multiplayer because he just, <laughs> yep. he would stomp you. It was like uh, playing as Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, or playing as M. Bison on, on Street Fighter. It was just, yep. you, you had no chance if you knew anything about how that character played. Um, and those, those games were fun. I don't think they were real deep in the story, but I mean, it was a coherent story at least. And it went through as you played through the, the different characters. Um, but yeah, this is, I, I see what they're trying to do here. They're trying to put a role-playing element, um, and some character customization in the game. And that's admirable. I don't think they've done a very good job with that. No, 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 they didn't. No, no, like there's no, 
let's talk about the mechanics of this game. So do you know moves? Did you like look at the moves list and like try to do moves? Just button mash your way through this. Um, so actually in the missions uh, mode, they give you some really good tutorials. Um, it goes over, you know, the basic move list and then uh, a lot of the advanced well, I moves. Well, I should have freaking done that first. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it actually has a pretty good tutorial on this. There's like uh, eight different tutorials at the very beginning before you start actual missions. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the time I go in with a, a decent strategy, and then when it starts to break down, I start b mashing buttons. <laughs> I go in with a strategy, but when I start to suck... I mash buttons. I mash the buttons. Yep. All right, well, that's fair. <laughs> I just mashed the buttons, and so far I think I've lost once. Yeah. And not like all three in the match, just like one of the three. Yeah. yeah. So story mode's not hard. Yeah, I haven't lost of course, any on the story mode yet. I have lost a couple on the mission um, because on the missions they do some things like uh, they'll have restrictions. Like one of the ones that I lost, and I just kept getting stomped for some reason. I couldn't figure out why because I was landing a lot of hits. But this particular mission, it said that only kicks were effective. And I didn't notice that at the beginning because they show you that they flash that at the bottom of the screen at the beginning of the match. Right. And I'm not even looking at the bottom of the screen. So I missed that the first two times I tried to go through this. And I was just getting stomped by these guys. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And because, I mean, it's rare that I lose. And I'm, I'm taking on characters that are, you know, six, seven levels above me. And I'm just stomping them. So it's it's not hard to fight in this game and do well uh, unless you don't read the the restrictions on that match <laughs> and then they will they will mop the floor with you. So Right. And then the other well, I just ringed out myself. Yeah. I was just gonna say, so the mechanics of the game, they're pretty straightforward for a fighting game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the same move sets that you've grown up with, or if you're a millennial that You've just started playing <laughs> same move sets from a few years ago. Like nothing's changed. It's pretty straightforward in that regard. However, these fighting games have kind of gone to this Mortal Kombat style of having a little like this super move. Mm -hmm. Like you build up your, your gauge and then you get this super move. You push a button and you get a super move. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like the. Yeah. But but if you're, if I'm comparing this to injustice or injustice Two, like those those super moves are fantastic they last a lot longer they're very cool now oswell oswell ozazel whatever his name is <laughs> i don't even know he's got a pretty cool super move i like and i actually dig that guy's voice acting i think that guy did a good job everybody else is kind of crap but yeah, that super move was kind of cool. But the rest of them, I'm just kind of like, mm, and Ivy's is all right, but they needed to move the camera in a little lower. Uh, <laughs> of course they did. So I like the Geralt uh, style super move. It's it's pretty nice. Um, uh, but I, there's other aspects of the combat that I like. I like the counter system. Um, that's if you if you time it just right, you can actually counter a strike and uh, you do damage instead. Uh, the limit break or the break limit. Yeah. The limit break is actually kind of a, a neat idea. Although I haven't really mastered when or how to do that yet. That's right. Some of this is a little confusing, but is that where you like clash swords or weapons or whatever? Yeah. And then 
you both back up and then somebody and then it's either like dodges a, or yeah, it's like know. a rock paper scissors kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, I haven't figured that out either, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a cool mechanic, I suppose. It just seems poorly executed. Yeah, it seems kind of half baked. A little bit, a little bit. Let's let's talk about replayability. I mean. Just like every fighting game, every match is a little bit different, right? You can always fight with your friends, and it's a little bit different. Yeah. My wife loves this series, so maybe I'll get her down here in the man cave one night when the kid goes to sleep, and her and I can fool around on some Soul Calibur Six. Fool around again, on some Soul Calibur Six? Probably not. I'll just play Ivy the whole time and be like, <laughs> she's hot. <laughs> Who are your favorite characters? Uh, well, so I haven't played very many. I've just played... Uh, you know, the gimp with the Geralt uh, <laughs> fighting style. And um, if you, did you name him Gimp? I hope you named him Gimp. <laughs> well, it's a her. And no, I didn't. But I'm thinking about changing the name. I, because... I apologize. I shouldn't have ju- I, I shouldn't have assumed her gender. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. So I'm going to write in and uh, you're going to you have should... to change that. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but so, yeah, that's uh, and Kirill. Um, I've played him. I actually kind of like him uh, with his his staff moves. Those are pretty sweet. Wait, Killick? Yeah, Killick. Yeah, he's the guy in the main story. Eh, whatever. Yeah, I don't care what his name is. <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, my favorite characters are Ivy for reasons. And Grolt, is that his name? Grolt? I don't know. Grolt. I'm old. I couldn't read it. So one of the one of my favorite characters from the past games was Mitsurugi. Um, I'll probably play him next. Um, I did He's like not terrible. I did like him a lot, and I just wiped the floor during because so the story mission. There's the main story, and then each character gets their own story throughout, like throughout that timeline that you can play later. Mm-hmm. And I wiped the floor with Mitsurugi's. Like I, he used to be, he he used to be my boy back in the day. Well, yeah, but I'm wiping the floor with everybody, so I don't know that that's a no. That's but this is like an extra his. special. No, this is an extra special wiping <laughs> of the floor. <laughs> that's what that was. That's 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 all I'm saying. It was it was very fast. It was very efficient. It was very oh, Mitsurugi like. <laughs> and didn't Mitsurugi play? Uh, didn't he fight against Vader in some game? I'm trying to think. Uh, was that yes. Mitsurugi? Um... I think he had a cameo in that Star Wars fighting game for the PlayStation back in the day. Gosh, oh, I cannot... that game was so terrible. Oh, I love that game. We used to play that game for hours. You get to play as Luke against Vader wielding lightsabers. That was the greatest thing ever back in the 90s. Well, <laughs> 2000s. I think it came out in 2000s. Yeah, I think it was 2000s. Yeah. I think it was on the PlayStation 3, wasn't it? No, no. It was before PlayStation 3. PlayStation, PlayStation 2? Might Whatever. Let's talk about character creation because, oh, the boobies. Oh, the boobies. <laughs> this made my inner 12-year-old so happy. There is a boob slider. The, my inner 12-year-old was giggling a lot just because of the story elements. Yeah, no, my inner 12-year-old was all about the boobies. Like, like they shake. They even shake independently of one another. If you watch Ivy close enough, I'm not saying that I have. But you're not saying you well, haven't I, either. But I probably did. Uh, it's yeah. So I, I, man, I like it. I like it a lot, but this was the controversy. This is why Kotaku said not to play this game is because it sexualized women because it sexualized, uh, you know, it went against their, their feminist view of what a woman in a fighting game should be like. It certainly 
wasn't the new Lara Croft. Well, Lara, however you want to pronounce it. This is this is very much old school Japanese sexualization of, of females. Sure. But with the character creation, you get to determine the size of your character's boobs. You can make them very, very small or very, very large. It's all up to you. It's it's up to the player. So you well, can... it's up to the player, right? and we like we talked about role playing earlier, and and you said if you want to role play a certain way, then the game should allow you to do that. Sure. So I, maybe at the end of the day, I agree with you, man. Because like <laughs> this game allows you to role play however you want. Like if I want to role play as a large chested woman in scantily clad clothing, you have the ability serve... to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't knock Ubisoft so quickly. There you go. Maybe Ubisoft is taking a, a, a note, taking a, a cue, if you will. Are you changing your mind? Are you growing as a person? No. Oh. No, screw screw uh, Odyssey, screw Ubisoft. <laughs> Every, everything is stupid. Uh, but that's why I bought this game. It's because Kotaku said it sexualizes women. I'm like, it's a video game, guys. Like, it's a video. Not everything has to virtue signal. And ultimately, that's my problem with with Assassin's Creed Odyssey is that now they've, they're backtracking and they're trying to virtue signal. I don't want politics in my game. I don't want social commentary up front in my game unless you're giving me both sides and you're doing it in a like imbalanced, impartial way. I don't want that. That's, uh... So I, I bought this game out of spite and it's not a terrible game, but it's a terrible game. Yeah, it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's terrible. It's maybe the story's okay. Trash. Well, the story is the trash. voice acting is trash. The graphics are amazing. The graphics are like good. Boob physics, man. The, boob physics. The graphics are good. The mechanics are are sound. Um, it plays at a at a really good frame rate on the on the Xbox One. I don't know how it did on the PlayStation. Oh, it does. It does ten times better on the PlayStation. Come on. Uh, yeah. So six hundred frames <laughs> per second. That's impressive. Something like that. Right, yeah, no, I was very impressed with it. Like, it was flashing up there, 600 frames per second. I think even Mitsurugi was like, 600 frames per second! I don't... Look, I just don't want to... I don't want to be preached to in a video game. And don't buy the video game. Well, that's fine. and And I'm okay with that. Which is probably why I have an issue with what Ubisoft did. Because you buy the video game, you play the story, you get the DLC, and now they're like, mm, we heard from a vocal minority, we need to change this now. We need a virtue signal to everybody to make this more inclusive for everyone. And see, I don't see it that way. I just see it as them correcting their role-playing aspect. I don't think they were changing the story. I think they were you know, fleshing out better the role-playing details on that story. And I'm okay... I guess I'm okay with it when you look at it like that, but I look at everything and I can't help myself. <laughs> I look at everything through a through the lens of politics and through the lens of social commentary and what's going on in current events. And I see this, I see gaming as a microcosm of everything going on in society right now. And I feel like there's this tug of war and, and I, I hate it when I see gaming companies or any company for that matter, who did nothing wrong. I don't think Ubisoft did anything wrong with their story choice. Right. I don't think they did either. And then they have to backtrack and they have to apologize. Maybe not have to. But for public relations sake, they have to. 
just because of this vocal minority. And then they apologize to everyone. They say, well, we weren't inclusive enough. No, you made a story choice. Just stick by it. Like I would. And that's why Kotaku, when they bash this game, like, the game was like, whatever. We don't care, man. We're Soul Calibur <laughs> 6. Like we're going to do Soul Calibur 6 things. If you think we're not, like, I can't, don't buy the game. I can't imagine the stroke that Kotaku is going to have if they ever make another Dead or Alive game. I really wish someone at Kotaku would listen to this show. <laughs> That's what I wish, because I'd like to have them on it, have a conversation. Right. Maybe Gita Jackson can come on. Uh, let's just rate this game. Let's uh, do Soul it. Calibur 6, Jason, what do you got? I think I'm going to give this game a 6. Isn't that higher than what you gave Ace Combat 7? It is. It is, because... I, I can respect that. Because this this game has some sound mechanics. The voice acting isn't as bad as Ace Combat, I don't think. Um, I think it's got some good replayability. I enjoy, or I think it's ambitious what they were trying to do with the mission modes. I don't think they really succeeded at that, but I think it's a pretty good start. The story sucks. That's fair. The story sucks. (laughs) Story does indeed suck. The mechanics are pretty straightforward. The voice acting is is just Bandai Namco, Namco Bandai. Put a Band-Aid on it. It's terrible. It's worse, I think, than Ace Combat 7 like their menus are so clunky and unwieldy that you can't figure out what's the main story. Like what's the difference between a main story and a mission? Yeah. I don't know. Why, why do I have to do this? Yeah. I'm going to give this game a 10 out of 10 because (laughs) cuck Fotaku. Perfect. (laughs) There you go. 10 out of 10 Buy this game for reasons. Oh, that's absolutely yeah, this perfect. Like, this is one of those shows, man, where we kind of, I went off the deep end. I don't want to say we, because you didn't. You were very level-headed. <laughs> you were very even-keeled. But I went off the deep end on a couple of things. And I just want to say, if I offended anybody, you feel free to write to me. We can have a conversation about how you feel offended. But it certainly wasn't my intention. I'm just giving you what I think. You don't have to agree with it. You don't even have to like it. Because there's a lot of things in this world that I don't like and I don't agree with. I'm all right. You will be too. So join us next week when I'll be another year older and even crankier because I'm a year older. (laughs) We'll keep an eye on Anthem. (laughs) We'll keep an eye on the EA servers to make sure they don't implode this week. Oh, they're they're Uh, imploding. uh, (laughs) Well, somebody needs to buy a bunch more gerbils or hamsters or whatever they put in their wheels. Porgs. No. No porks, that's Jason. I'm Crowley. We'll see you next week. Bad Gamers Anonymous is not affiliated with any video game developer or publisher. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the host and not of Earglue Media. And are probably terrible. Executive producer for Bad Gamers Anonymous is James Dean. Get good, scrubs.